The Business of People with Lizelle van Rijn. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of The Business of People. I'm Lizelle van Rijn, your host. For this podcast, I'm sitting down with a single guy, Dion. We're going to leave your surname out of this just for um, a little bit of anonymity. So we are talking about dating in the age of covid what it's like, <laughs> is it really any different, is it more weird, and what, you know, what his experiences are. We hope to bring you a few of these in the coming weeks, so this is the first one, particularly since uh, the gay dating scene, the male gay dating scene, seems to be such a, a colourful experience. Um, I hope you enjoyed this conversation, I know I thoroughly enjoyed it, we had a really good laugh, um, you know, going to all those places, so, um, so yeah, thanks for downloading, uh, please share, like, and yeah, subscribe and um, tell all your friends. Thanks so much. Enjoy. Welcome to the Business of People. I'm your host, Lizelle, and I'm sitting here with Dion, which is quite exciting today because yesterday we had this conversation on WhatsApp um, sparked by a Guardian, UK Guardian, I should say, um, article about snogging in the age of COVID. And it actually ignited a debate, which is so wonderful because we've been talking about this for a while. Like, what is it? Being single in the age of COVID. Anyway, so Dion was very kind. Thank you, Dion. I was voluntold. <laughs> <laughs> to sit down and have a chat with me about, you know, being, well, generally being single in the age of COVID, but also um, just how fucking weird. I mean, I think being single is actually weird anyway, right? But as Emma pointed out to us. So, mm -hmm. so I think it was just, you know, just jump straight in. What are your thoughts? Well, I think... Human connection is a basic biological need. So I don't think there's much people can do to keep people from seeing one another. Yes. You know, people know they shouldn't eat too much and then they still go to McDonald's. People know they shouldn't drink too much and they still have booze and drugs and all those other things that are bad for you. But it's a biological drive. So I think there's very little one can do to keep people apart. So I, I think you and I both have um, sort of uh, an... A, yeah, a, yeah, a slightly more interesting perspective, which is the gay scene, right? Indeed. Yes. Um, so we both know, and I'm old enough to remember when HIV and AIDS was, was like a thing. And in the 90s, when late 90s, mid-late 90s, when I was sort of frequenting... Are those places called now? I've just come completely back. Bronx. There we go. Okay, okay. There was Bronx and then there was Straubs was one, I think. Angels was one. Angels was a big club on the weekends in Cape Town anyway. But um, the men were promiscuous. I think let's just be quite diplomatic about it. And knowing all the risks about HIV and AIDS and whatever, but they didn't seem to give a shit. So do you reckon in the age of COVID that's the same? Yes, definitely. People, <laughs> men are, well, gay men are just as promiscuous as they've ever been. <laughs> Even more so with PrEP and all those things. Uh, you see so many guys that say they're on PrEP, so they have... What, sorry, what is PrEP? I don't... So it's a me. prophylactic um, antiretroviral okay. that you have to take daily, I think, at the same time, and that um, lowers your chances significantly of contracting HIV. Wow. But I don't know what the guys are thinking, but they think they can still continue doing what they're doing right. and don't have to worry about HIV, but they don't think about all the other plethora of lovely hojas you can pick up and there are a few. Yes, yes, indeed. So that is always quite interesting to me. 
I wonder if there's any correlation. You know, there's a there's a there's a journalist on um, MSNBC called Rachel Maddow who I listen to quite a lot, and um, she did a lot of work in the 80s and slash 90s in this um, prevention of HIV and you know all of this, but in America, since COVID, she's had a few of those virologists uh, on her show to sort of, and there seems to be a correlation, man. There seems to be well, understanding the virus now, which is which is COVID 19, seems to. Uh, you're nodding a lot, which is great. But it seems to, <laughs> seems to, yeah, there seems to be a, a link. Um, in, 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 certainly, in terms of uh, you know looking at the how this thing spreads, how this thing, where it, you know where it came from, all of those. And in fact, I think the the, the main guy, I can't remember his name now, who who sort of made the first ARV breakthroughs uh, in the '90s is is has been tasked like full tilt since mm. the beginning of this to to look at COVID in the same way. Well, I think you, people springing to action when it starts physically affecting them. Yes, I think with the first wave, um, many of us didn't really know anyone who had it. And now yes. with the second wave, that isn't the case. We've we know people who have passed away. We maybe have family members who have had it, and so it becomes much closer to home. And then people become a little bit more vigilant. Whereas before it was nonchalant, you just go on doing what you're doing. And I think it was the case with HIV as well. Um, when people didn't really see the, the effects of it, yeah. they didn't really care. But as soon as people around them started dying, uh, then there was a big change in behavior. So but maybe in a similar way, you can't see. I mean, you, you, there's no way that you could see unless this person, uh, and that was before the ARVs. I mean, you, you would only see legions or, or massive weight loss and things like that um, as symptoms. Um, but you can't see COVID, and you know you you can't see HIV either. Yeah, well, I think Which COVID people have a little bit more uh, nonchalant about. Uh, um. <laughs> 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 so I'll tell um, you a funny story actually quickly. So um, I, a friend of mine's dad the other day he says he was in Checkers. Uh, I think in Amanas, and uh, anyway, and there's a woman standing a little bit too close for comfort, right in the queue, that's standing waiting to pay. And he just kind of thought, no, I can't do this anymore. So he turns around and he says, sorry, lady, um, I just went for my COVID test and I haven't got my results yet. This woman jumped. I swear to God, he said like four meters in one go, man, she left backwards. And he had a good giggle about it because, of course, it's, it's not true. But um, it is that. It's kind of like... So you reckon people are just as promiscuous in the, in the, in the you know, amongst men? Yeah, I've heard of people who, even in hard lockdown, where you weren't allowed to leave your house, um, level, apart level from five, going, to, level yes, four, yeah. yes, of guys hooking up, finding ways. I don't know, finding dark oh, alleys shit. or corners everywhere. No, gay men will find any type of spot they can <laughs> and do what they want to do. <laughs> so, how many? How many? I mean, do you, do you reckon there's like a like a preface? Like, like you would you would because it's obviously through grinder and things like that, right? Mm, yes. And so, w would you say, hey, you know, like you want to hook up and whatever? But have you had a test? Are you? Or doesn't just not even come up? It doesn't doesn't even come up. So a grinder has this function where you can um, state what your HIV status is. And so many people have um, do that and state when the last time was you got tested, but doesn't mention anything about COVID. And I think one out of 100, maybe even one out of 500 profiles, people actually state something in the status or a little description about themselves that they're not going to hook up um, um, uh, during lockdown or whatever but, but i think by and large yes <laughs> people are just ignoring it needs must right 
Yes. <laughs> and you kind of deal with the consequences and the fallout tomorrow. But that's how people are. People are want uh, um, instant gratification and deal with consequences later. So, yeah. Listen, man, I mean, yeah. So in a, in a, in a non-gay, but in a very kind of similar way, um, this bar that I used to play records at in Musenberg, same thing. Like I would go and play records. And this was just after the big lockdown. So we were at level one at the time. So everything was kind of cool and the numbers in Cape Town were really low mm. and everybody was, but you still, I mean, you should still wear a mm. mask. Mm. You should still sanitize and you should still social distance. Not a fuck, man. Mm-mm. It's like after the second beer, first tequila, hey, you know, let's go. And how do you actually in a bar environment maintain social distancing? I think it's impossible. So it's, a, it's kind of a, one of those the owner of the bar actually put like a p- tongue-in-cheek um, <laughs> stickers on the ground. And they're literally, it's like two meters, uh, yeah, they're like two meters apart, but I mean, there's no fucking way. So like the one sticker says, you dance here, and the other sticker says, you dance here. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's like, you know, what do you do, man? How do you date? How do you normalize that? Because dating is nerve-wracking anyway, mm-hmm. right? Um, there used to be a bar. It's not there anymore. It was called Amsterdam Bar okay. in, in the the gay corner, the pink corner. Um, and they had multiple little hookies with, 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 um, <laughs> uh, with glory holes. So, I mean, at least that solves some of the social distancing type a little of bit, thing, you know. Yes, a little bit. A little <laughs> that bit. or a sheet, I don't know, whatever I know. Yeah, tickles as as your fancy. Not, as long as you're not breathing on me, exactly, we're, we're exactly. going to be okay. It's fucking bizarre, man. I think, you know, whenever it is that we're going to get through this thing, and who knows when that's going to be. Um, I think there are going to be many stories, books written about this chapter, I guess. Mm, mm. But yeah, I, I, I think, so as I was mentioning to you just before, there were quite a few people that messaged me privately after I've sort of put this article on the, on the chat. And uh, one of the things was like, thank God I'm not 21 anymore, you know. Mm. Can you fucking imagine? Well, in fact, there was a story uh, a couple of months ago because I think the UK has been under the hardest sort of hit mm. lockdown, sequence of lockdowns. And uh, there was a boy, I think he's from Scotland, and he has a girlfriend in the northeast of England. It's, it's bad timing, yeah. bad luck. And he decided, fuck it. And he jumped on a jet ski or some shit. And he fucking North Sea did down to Newcastle or wherever this girl lived. And he actually got away with it. He got there. But then they were quite stupid. What had I, they, they'd gone out a couple of nights in a row. And I think on the third or the second or third night, um, they got a little bit drunk. And then on the way home, there were some police who stopped them. And of course, the first question is, where do you live? Because you're not allowed to go, uh, you know, you're not allowed to mm, go from mm. county to county or whatever. And he'd forgotten the address. Dope! <laughs> 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 He's like, yeah, so they find him a shitload of money and send him home, you know. I suppose the mixed messages is also something that confuses people. You know, um, keep your social distance. But in a restaurant, the, the virus just doesn't happen. Right. Everyone can take their masks off. And right. the waiter is sometimes super close to you. Right. And people just continue as if nothing is happening. But that's what I'm saying. And you like, can't surf. Yeah. So, well, you, you, well, could, you can, can now, now but this you couldn't before. Can. Go surf. People go surf. Next week, we don't know. Yeah. Today, you can. Yeah. And uh, some places um, where you go to, you just see no one wearing masks at all. Yeah. Um, and I sometimes wonder what it would have been like if you didn't have any contact with any media whatsoever. Um, That's a good question. What your reaction to this thing would have been and how much of what we understand is actually fear-mongering. Yeah. And how much of it is true and how much does the government actually know? I mean... The vaccines now that are getting sent back is, oh my word, I face palmed so hard when I heard that. 
look, yeah, and it's only a million doses. So like, we can't cake and we can't eat. You know, mm, it's mm, like, mm. you know, what's a million going to do with a population of 70 plus mm. that we know of, documented? Yeah, yes. yeah. So, yeah, no, it's bullshit. I, I, I agree with you, though. I think that there's... Um, for what it's worth and for the record, I do believe that the virus exists. I do believe that it's real. And I do believe that there are um, mitigating factors that we can we can make use of every day, like mm. wearing a mask and all that, um, to minimize our exposure. It's not going to be 100% mm. kind of guaranteed. But yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, if I was 70, let's say I'm 80 years old, mm. am I going to want to not see my grandkids? Am I not going to want to, you know knowing full well that if it was you know it might be this it might be covid might be my kidneys mm, tomorrow mm, it might mm. be my heart on on saturday that takes me um am i really going to sacrifice the little bit of time i have left just to mm. that, uh, that is quite a conundrum and the people in the uk are very very frustrated they just want to get out of their houses and saying that people want to get out get out people people are afraid you can stay in your house so in your social circles what's the vibe um, when I visit my parents for Sunday braai or whatever, we all wear masks. Um, but on the same note, but a little bit differently, um, I think an unintended consequence of this whole thing is everyone is sanitizing so much more. <laughs> and I haven't had a cold or a flu or bronchitis. I've got asthma, so I get that quite frequently. And I haven't had that, I can't even remember when I last had a cold. Are you reckon it's because of the sanitizing? Yes. Also, I suppose we don't spend as much time in close proximity with other people as we normally would, you know, go to a club. True. That's true. Um, and so maybe those things we don't miss, so it doesn't really register in our, in our minds. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Well, look, I'm married, man. So, you know, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. So, so the going out has been minimized anyway. <laughs> We're more like the house party, house bride kind uh, of Oh, okay. Phase. You're the vanilla Mary type. Yeah, for time. <laughs> I, like, I like vanilla Mary. Vanilla works. It works for me. It's fine. But yeah, like I said, I did two platters when I was playing records at those. But yeah, it's like, it's fun. And then you kind of you kind of become, you feel a little bit bullish about it. You feel a little bit, oh, hey, you know. And the like, alcohol comes in. Yeah, and then tomorrow, it's the regret. Mm. Tomorrow, you're like, mm. oh, what the fuck? Mm. What did I do? And then it's that three, four days, five days that you just kind of sit and wait. Mm. And then, you know, a little bit of sore throat. And then you I think, think oh, we're all just hoping for the best. But uh, it is quite shocking when you hear a friend of mine, for instance, he lost his father, his grandmother, and his uncle. Holy shit. And when you realize that, it really hits home. Yeah. But and that's I, all here in Cape Town? Or? Yeah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. But you can only maintain this for, for so long. You know, some said people are going to become so hot for, they're just not going to... Well, I think, yeah, you, you kind of get to a point where you sort of think the cost of economic crash or, or, you know, the unintended consequences of that, like all these waiters, all these unskilled people losing their, their livelihoods, mm. I mean, that will lead to disastrous mm. consequences down the road. It already has. It already has, mm. yeah. I mean, I was in Amanis, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, and um, or about three weeks ago, whatever, and... Uh, yeah, it's it's quite frightening when you walk around. And you see the amount of open shops to let houses for sale everywhere. Mm, mm. Um, so yeah, so you reckon your social circle is pretty? They're careful, but they're also sort of heartful at the same time. 
Yes, very much so. It's like yeah. well, the odd hug or whatever. Well, my, my parents and I, we do a rookie. I know it's <laughs> super corny. We call it a rookie. It's called it's a rug druki. Oh, I love it. So you kind of just rub your back against one another, oh and God, that I is the it. extent of your 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 druki. Um, so yeah, and I suppose you keep the the parties small, the gathering small, just a, a like a braai. Um, but I suppose a lot of people that move in our circles are younger and healthier, so they are less likely to contract it anyway. So I don't know what older people are doing. Um, but yeah. And yet they say that the second wave, which um, everybody's talking about, and well, not the second wave, but also the South African strain, mm. uh, they're saying is, deli- well, it seems to be targeting younger people a lot more and the fatalities are up. But I'm thoroughly confused because the, the stats are still showing 93% recovery rate. Mm, mm. So I'm like, well, hang, how, where? Mm. Uh, I don't really understand. I also either. would like to know how many people actually contract it um, when they get infected. I don't know what I wanted to say now. How many people... Because a lot of people, when they get it, they don't have any symptoms whatsoever. That's right. Asymptomatic, yeah. So if I expose the normal person to the virus, um, or normal people to the virus, what what percentage of those people will actually get it? Yes. And not have any symptoms? And then percentage of those who actually get sick? Sick, sick. Sick enough to go to hospital sick. Mm, mm. So I think a lot of us might have already had it and don't even know about it, but... So yeah, then there's an antibody test and all that. But I just think that, you know, in terms of like, you, you're asking... Um, highly hormonal, <laughs> sort of late teenagers, early 20s, young people, mm. um, you're asking them to essentially put their entire dating life on hold mm. for a year now. It's a fucking year. And how do you do that? I, I, I mean, I would also, um, if I was that age and I was single, mm. fuck that, man. I know sexting is probably really... <laughs> <laughs> a big thing under the nine to twelve year olds now. I mean, it was only it was bound to happen, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> it was bound to happen. I mean, the older folks are having Zoom dinner parties, so for fuck's sake, oh, if you get it, and Zoom no. coffees and oh my god, no! But like people are going the whole hog, so they're doing like. Um, so I've got a friend in London who is Canadian descent. So she's got family in Canada, she's got family in uh, America, and then she's got family in Europe. So it's all different time zones. So they had to find, first of all, they had to find like a, a conducive time zone. Mm. And then what they do, which I think is kind of cute, they, they, they would say, okay, this is what we're cooking, right? And then they all go and find those ingredients, right? And then they start cooking together yeah. at the same time. And then hopefully everybody, everybody eats at the same time too. Well, that's such a good idea. And it's kind of cute, right? You hear quite a lot of that. People be uh, this ingenuity coming forward and yeah. and people just making plans. And that's how humans are. We are very adaptable. Yeah. And I'm hoping that this has taught people a lot of good things and taught people to value family. I mean, the people who were alone during the hard <laughs> lockdown, I don't even want to know what that must have been like. It's tough, man. A friend of mine, actually, he's in a band and... Uh, I bumped into him after when we hit sort of level one. We bumped into each other at a bar, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Judy. Sounds like he, a start of a joke. Well, yeah. Anyway, he was he was one of those. He was alone in a flat mm. with no view, no garden. At least he probably had internet. Yeah, but it it would have been basic internet. Oh, jeez, Louise. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now we know we need we need them fiber lines. Yes, yes. Yes. We need them bandwidth. And we've turned our houses into basic streaming, media streaming, you know, yeah, little pods. Yeah. 
so that we can do all these fabulous things like having dinner parties with people all over the world and we can have I mean it's essentially turning houses into porn hubs I'm sure and uh, yeah I think it was going that direction anyway probably, but I think in like probably. five years five years time we're going to have these uh, virtual reality kind of sex dolls so you can have sex with somebody like 10,000 kilometers away you wow. kind of just wear the suit or whatever and then it feels like, anyway the, I think so, all these so things are going to come out friends have you has there been any kind of anecdotal stories or any funny kind of things coming out in in COVID that you know of is that a pun intended um i actually mostly have friends who are in relationships and married and and stuff like that but i know all the morphies they have all been very active on grinder and and doing their thing as as per usual uh, maybe kissing a little bit less, but I think some guys wouldn't mind that at all. Well, I was going to say, this <laughs> is not a prerequisite, right? It's not like high on the priority list. But it would be interesting to find parallels and differences between the different communities, you know, the, between the gay and the lesbian communities, how dating would differ there, because we've wired much differently, and the straight communities as well, and to see how things yeah, how things how the, are different. How, how that works. Yeah. I mean, Dee, who's, um, she was here for a couple of weeks, um, she went on a Tinder date. Um, and so we had this little conversation before that as well. And I was like, did you, did, did it even come up? Did you ask? And she goes, no. Dating's awkward anyway. Mm, so mm. this is just another element to the awkwardness. Maybe this is making us a little bit more conservative on the other hand. Um, I'm thinking, look, I'm very new to Tinder. So I've been on a couple of Tinder dates. And all the Tinder dates I've been on, we haven't kissed. So maybe, I don't know whether that is a... Me, this age, the Dion thing, I did a COVID thing. Um, And what were their daytime dinners? Were they like daytime, like meet for a coffee, meet for a lunch, or was it like nighttime? Yeah, coffees and lunches and and, and dinners. It usually ends with a hug. Very safe. Yeah, maybe that's a good thing as well. (laughs) 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 That's fucking cute, man. I'm going to use that. It's patented. But you you didn't have any awkwardness around it before you went on the date, no? No, 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 no. You see, so yeah, I think if, if the if the benefit outweighs the risk, yeah, because if, especially because you can't really see the immediate risk. Well, so exactly. that's why you don't take it into account. So there's an author, there's a guy uh, called Anthony Robbins. He's wrote, written loads of books, kind of self-helpy, sort of big rah rah. Anyway, he read this. Uh, he wrote this book called The Giant Within, and in that, the only thing that's really stuck with me, I suppose, is that he. His premise is that most of our decisions, all our big decisions in life, is based on a measure of fear. So if the, or, or sorry, rather pain, excuse me. So if the pain of one is greater than the other, mm. then the decision is made. So clearly mm. the pain of being alone mm. um, is greater than the risk of going out and, and potentially getting, mm. you know, because the risk before is like heartbreak. It could be... I mean, it could be Jeffrey Dahmer for all you know. So, you know, you, you kind of take those risks, don't you? Um, Listen, I, went, I met my wife on a blind date and, I, and we met online as well. So I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I understand. Um, what did I want to say? Um, yeah, I can't remember. But Jeffrey Dahmer, you, you just threw me totally off with Jeffrey <laughs> Dahmer because I was thinking about all the murders and the skulls and all the things that he kept well, in his fridge. The, they say that about all serial killers. They, they were nice guys. <laughs> they were nice guys. Yeah, very nice. Too nice to get caught. Well, yes, there is that. But also nice enough to lure innocent victims into their, into their webs, you know? So mm-hmm. they, they didn't present themselves as monsters. People with COVID don't present themselves with symptoms, right? So yeah, yeah. we don't know what we don't know. 
That's what I wanted to say, is that um, there's also a big uh, school of thought, um, and they are talking about the brain and your willpower and will not actually, free will not actually being a thing. Interesting. They did tests with people where they gave them, they were an MRI machine, I can't remember what the name of the machine was, and they had um, told them to either squeeze their left or their right hand, and they could see in the brain which hand they're going to squeeze before the participants were aware of their own decision. Wow. So a lot of what we do is actually predetermined or determined before we can even make a choice about it. And that also makes me think that, you know, uh, if someone is starving and they steal a bread, um, yes. hopefully the judge is going to be quite lenient with that person's uh, fourness. What's a fourness in English? Sentence. Uh, sentence. And I wonder if that was a case with the lonely ones during COVID, during the hard lockdown. You know, if you got caught visiting somebody after being alone and by yourself, nobody else for weeks. I wonder if, if that will also show some mercy. Mm. Mm. And I think that's it. Our humanity has to, somewhere along the line, the compassion for that. Maybe not so much for the booze faring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't, you know, not the same level of compassion for fuck man I haven't had a beer in three weeks you know it's not quite the same mm -mm -mm -mm. but yeah I'm sure I'm sure there are many stories that we haven't heard about actually mm. that uh, people have been caught in compromised mm. positions mm. and yeah I mean that first wave of people dying by themselves and family not being able to, to sure. see people that that must have been yeah no, it's super awful horrible. I mean I, I think in South Africa we've been we've been very lucky actually um in, in both of these waves, and, and again, reflecting on what we saw. I mean, I remember sitting in this common room and in February last year and looking at the footage coming out of, um, was it Italy mm, at the time, mm. and just thinking, oh my God, if that comes here, what? You know, um, and maybe it's because our population is, is significantly younger than mm, it is in mm. Europe, but yeah, we, I think we were quite lucky. We, we had them, those incidents, but mm, mm. not as much. Yeah, I think South Africa did um, as proud. They did react quite hectically, but I think it was a good thing. No, well, I don't know. Not as much damned as if you do, damned, damned if, you if, don't. if you don't. Exactly. Mm. Now we just need vaccines, and I just think that you know what? For me, the the, the most frustrating thing, um, and I would imagine for anybody single, the most frustrating thing. There's no timeline. There's no mm. there's no kind of target to mm. walk to work towards. Mm. Like initially we were like locked down for five weeks. Yeah, right, motherfucker. Mm. Like actually no, it was three weeks, right? It was three weeks, it was yes. Three weeks. And at three weeks has just become three million and fifty-five thousand and five days. And so now it's like, yeah, because of that. And I think that that's also spawned a sort of a, a series of fuck it. Yeah. I'm fuck just it. gonna do it anyway because mm. we don't know how long this thing is going to go on it's, it's interesting because it's not particularly anybody's fault, maybe China's fault, but not anybody's <laughs> fault for not being able to put a timeline on this. Yes. So people are looking for people to blame all the time. And I suppose... Well, I think it's human nature. We need a cause. Mm, we need mm, a reason. Mm. We, need a, we need a thing to point to. And, and with Corona, there just isn't. Yeah. And that is super frustrating. But uh, like you said, some people are just going, fuck it and not obeying the rules at all but those are usually the people who don't obey the rules anyway true the, story. the rebels true story um, have you stuck to curfew yes well done yes well done. the other day i was actually speeding because yeah and i got home at one minute to nine when it was still nine o'clock but before then i was a very good boy <laughs> there were some alcohol exchanges on um <laughs> parking lots uh, in suitcases and stuff that was that was quite interesting <laughs> i don't know whether i should review all the details 
but those, uh, yeah, the, that was the, the naughty, ex <laughs> the extent of my naughtiness during lockdown. Uh, but yeah, I stuck to the curfew. You know we're talking about alcohol now. Um, and I don't know whether I should admit it because this is actually quite sad. So after so my this, I'm going to publish all of Dion's details, including... You know, fantastic. My sister bought this bottle of um, fake gin. It's called Abstinence. Oh, my God. Is this an and, alcoholic? Yes, and I've actually grown accustomed to it. No! I'm actually liking it. No! It's very expensive juice. It's not. It's very expensive flavored. Not even flavored water. It's like water with some spices and shit like, in it. Very expensive. I, I, I don't know how you much it costs. Oh my god, three hundred and something. Right? No, you yuck. Near. Near fucked it. Someone literally just posted it on my Facebook today. Like these people buying non-alcoholic gin for like three hundred and seventy-six rand. About what? Near. Buy Felicia. I can't believe that this Fuck that. No abstinence. Abstinence makes the heart grow fonder. Well, the, <laughs> <laughs> talking about the dating during. There is that. Mm. There is that. Awesome. So you promised to, can we do this again if you have another story to share? Definitely, definitely. More tales on the Tinder front. Yes. So you've just joined Tinder. I have in November. Awesome. And initially I was so swiping excited. Swiping left, swiping right, swiping left. Swiping having right. so many matches. At one stage I had 122 matches. Wow. But then people match with you and then you don't hear from them again. Or you chat and it's, uh, hello, how are you? And then you don't hear from one another again. So... It's very frustrating. Yeah. The, my wife calls it what, the fragility of dating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not, uh, let's not get too sensitive. Cool. So we'll do this again. Thank you so awesome. much for listening. Uh, please share, subscribe, and do all of those wonderful things. And um, we'll check in with you for the next episode. Thanks, Thanks for so having much. me. Bye. Bye.